0: From The Conversation, this is Politics with Michelle Grattan, a podcast where Michelle discusses the issues of the day with The Conversation's politics team. Hi, my name's Amanda Dunn. I'm the Politics and Society Editor for The Conversation, and I'm speaking with Michelle Grattan. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Amanda. Michelle, Treasurer Jim Chalmers today announced a $50 billion improvement in the budget bottom line. Why is that better than anticipated, and what does it mean for next month's budget?
1: Well, it's obviously good because uh, it means that the starting point for the budget is much improved on uh, what we thought it might have been a few months ago. But what was interesting was that Jim Chalmers had a double message ahead of the detailed outcome of the budget, which will be announced next week, the fine print of the figures. His message was on the one hand that this was a positive result on both the revenue And the spending side, not as much spending as anticipated, more revenue than had been thought. But on the other hand, he said that it was qualified by a whole range of factors. And his message was really, don't get too excited about this positive outcome because there are difficulties in next month's budget.
0: Okay, and there are other ongoing difficulties that we know very well, of course, at the cost of living pressures, inflation's continuing to go up, and that means interest rates are going up. And at the end of the month, fuel excise is returning to normal, so we can expect to see petrol prices going up as well.
1: Well, that's right. And certainly the government's giving no indication that there will be any fresh cost of living relief in the budget. The childcare scheme, which the government has said will be a, an important cost of living support, is not being brought forward. There were demands or requests at the Jobs Summit for that to come forward to January 1 from its July start up next year. That's not being done on cost grounds and also operational grounds, and the government is not inclined, says it can't afford any other initiatives. Of course, there was also pressure to extend this cut in petrol excise. Now, ever since uh, the government was elected, Jim Chalmers has indicated that that was not going to be possible, but for quite a long time, no one believed that and thought that somehow the government would extend that excise cut. But the message from the Treasurer today was that the petrol sellers should not be putting up prices to the full extent when that measure cuts out next week. He said there's still a lot of petrol underground and obviously that should be sold at the cheaper rate. But uh, I think that the service station operators don't accept that that's going to make much difference.
0: No, and especially with people heading into school holiday periods now too.
1: That's right. One other thing that's worth noting about the budget is that the Treasurer was describing it as, and I quote him, a pretty standard budget, a bread and butter budget. In other words, uh, I guess he's uh, trying to portray it as A sort of holding pattern budget, if you like, and suggesting that uh, in the, the budgets to come, there'll be more substantive change. He's seen this as the start of a quite long conversation about changes that need to be made. Now, last week, we heard the Reserve Bank Governor, Phil Lowe, saying that really what needs to be done is that there should be Tax rises or spending cuts or substantial structural reforms to grow the pie more because we do have a lot of very expensive programs into the future to pay for. Now, the government, of course, has said that this term there won't be tax rises except for stopping tax avoidance by multinationals, but I think that we maybe will be softened up over the longer term for the need for tax rises. The final thing I'd say about the budget, Amanda, is that the government is looking very closely at programs that were announced in the last budget by Josh Frydenberg and other coalition programs. And I think that the inclination there is to cut or scrap spending that's in the pipeline where possible, saying that that's not justified.
0: Okay. And Michelle, on another matter... A Guardian Essential poll today found that there hasn't been a real jump in support for an Australian republic since the Queen's death. Now, this was always the commonly held idea that Australians wouldn't fully embrace the idea of a republic until after she had died. But this poll showed that just 43% were in favour of moving to a republic. Now, admittedly, her death is obviously still very fresh in people's mind, but that figure has barely moved in five years. So this doesn't seem to really bode well for a republic, does it? I mean, it seems like the overwhelming vibe on this is one of uh, deep ambivalence, really.
1: I think that's right. And the result in a Morgan poll last week went in the same direction. So what we've seen, I think, is just a a cooling in people's minds about the whole republic push. It obviously, uh, years ago, a couple of decades ago, came to a head with that referendum, which failed. People after that for a while were still keen on the idea of of the Republic, but in recent years it's just fallen away and people these days, I think, have other priorities So it would mean that the government, the Labor government, will have to, if it wants to pursue a republic, have a a lot of work put into that effort to gear up enthusiasm. Now, of course, it also has a lot of time because it has indicated that this would be a second term priority if it gets a second term. The first term is very much the voice to parliament And that's going to be difficult enough. And I think if the voice fails in a referendum, then that's a further setback for a republic.
0: All right. And, Michelle, finally, Parliament will return on Friday for condolence motions for the Queen. And then it will sit again next week for business as usual. What can we expect to see then?
1: the big item will be the introduction of legislation for the integrity commission we're still seeing the cross benches have queries and exerting pressure On aspects of this issue, but the government will be anxious to get that legislation in and off to a a parliamentary inquiry because while it's been ambivalent about whether it will be able to get it through this year, I think it would like to have it through by Christmas and to be able to say, well, that's a a big achievement that's done and dusted. So there'll be a lot of interest on the fine print of this model when the legislation comes forward, because of course there's widespread support for an integrity commission, but I think there will be quite a lot of debate about its detail and in particular whether there are sufficient safeguards, uh, whether there's enough parliamentary oversight of it and issues of that sort.
0: Yes, and obviously whether it has enough
1: clout, right? That's right, both whether it has enough clout or whether it has too much clout. And, of course, uh, what we won't know at this stage but what will be quite critical is uh, who will lead this body.
0: All right, Michelle, we will look forward to that with great interest. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks, Amanda. Our theme music is by Blue Dot Sessions. You can find more podcasts from The Conversation on our website at
1: theconversation.com.